This is the Tribune Audio Network. This is the Backstory Podcast. I'm Larry Potash. On this show, we uncover the backstory behind some of the most intriguing tales in history, culture, science, and religion. Mobsters are men, and for some of the more notorious killers, their infamous reputation survives. This is a story about a woman whose mob connection earns her the nickname, the Black Widow. There is some mystery surrounding her legacy, but one thing is certain, she's confident and clever. Chicago is a city of neighborhoods with more than 20,000 blocks. This unique building sits on the very first block as designated by Chicago's first map. It dates back to 1895, and this building has a storied past. We had to get a safe cracker to break in, but unfortunately there was no money in it. But it was interesting, we got inside this system here and there was a four-leaf clover put inside, like for good luck. They definitely did not trust banks, so they just had money everywhere. It starts as a varnish company, but then it houses booze and the mobsters peddling it. But unlike the film reels of fedoras, pinstripes, and tommy guns, this mob story is about a woman. She was a tough cookie. She was a very strong woman. She was always very good to us. But if you crossed her, watch out. She has a close connection to the case that brings down Capone. They call her the Black Widow. We know Al Capone as the face of Chicago corruption, but it is Frank Nitti who runs the operation and at one point succeeds the more well-known Scarface. Many of us discover Nitti in the Untouchables movie of 1987. During research for the film, a fact checker gets Todd on the phone. He's 16 at the time. It's interesting they were fact checking the movie because it wasn't very accurate. No, it was not, in fact, but I'm I, I always wondered about that. Um, even his death wasn't accurate in that movie. No. So, um, but that's what, that's what the call was, and I know that's what started me kind of getting interested in it as well. It turns out Frank Nitti's real name is the same as Todd's, Nitto. Todd Nitto had no idea Capone henchman Frank Nitti is his grandfather. I'm a guy, so on one hand, it's super cool, right? Um, it's history. I mean, I, I look at it kind of that way. It's just history. What Todd Nitto realizes is that the woman he knew as his grandmother is Frank Nitti's wife. Her name, Annette Caravetta. My grandma was tough. I mean, she was tough, tough. And uh, I really admired her for that. She played the stock market. I mean, she every day she would sit in this black leather chair, open the paper, and she'd go right down the line. And I, I just... It wasn't the normal grandma, and I think that's what was really cool about it. And it seems there's more to the story of this tough, clever grandmother. When Nitty and then Capone are taken down for tax evasion, the Fed's inside guy is Fast Eddie O'Hare. He's Capone's attorney and runs one of his racetracks. O'Hare's secretary, Annette Caravetta. But she's no ordinary secretary. She's connected to the underworld. O'Hare realizes, Annette knows he's been talking to the feds this whole time, leaves his office quickly, but the, it was a setup. The guys were ready for him, they gunned him down. 
We just found it not that long ago. Grant DePorter has researched the backstory of the Nitty family since they once owned the building, where he is now the general manager of Harry Carey's Italian Steakhouse. They let O'Hare stay alive, you know, for eight years while Capone was in jail because he was a big moneymaker for the mob. But then, you know, the week that Capone's getting out, it's like, okay, now it's time to pay. As Eddie O'Hare is driving along Ogden Avenue in Chicago, two shots ring out from another car and he crashes into a pole. There's the big fellow himself in his bathing suit down in Miami. John Binder is a mob historian. We don't know a lot about her. This is kind of where she sort of pops up on the historical radar screen. The link that she had been O'Hara's trusted secretary, and then after he's killed, lo and behold, she marries Frank Nitti. It makes one wonder. In this world, the world of the underworld, a lot of us don't believe in coincidences. Especially when Frank's wedding gift to Annette is $75,000, today's equivalent of $1.4 million. But is the marriage of Frank and Annette and the murder of Annette's boss all just a coincidence? Max Allen Collins is the author of Scarface and the Untouchable. So do you think Nitty was more behind it? I, I do think Nitty was probably behind it because uh, he had, you know, he had kind of cheated Nitty somewhat on business and was getting too big for his britches. Frank and Annette live in an apartment on the fourth floor of the building. There's a great view of the courthouse across the street, so you could see what's happening there. But this building was connected to underground tunnel system, which we didn't know about for 11 years after we moved here. But you could come and go underground, never be seen, and keep an eye on the, the courthouse. We found this hidden passageway, which led to a wood door right there. We got behind there, and there's a room almost as big as our bar. It's 85 feet long with 16-foot ceilings. It used to be connected to underground tunnel system. So you could come and grow underground. Let's go take a look. Okay, let's go in this way. We keep finding hidden like chambers that we did not open yet in the walls. It's like there were windows here or something. It's almost like you come underground. Maybe this was a sports bookie window where you could make a bet or something. Who knows? But this is my favorite uh, point down here. Uh, you can see there was a painted area that was underneath an awning. So this would have been like the grand entrance underground. I don't know, maybe like Capone, Nitty, all those kind of people would come and go through this door here. And this was Frank Nitty's vault. What have you done to try and figure out what's on the other side of these walls? Well, so I got an endoscope and we crawled through the hole around and we found a wood box that we still haven't accessed yet somewhere in the wall over here. Um, you know, it could be Frank Nitty's millions or it could be a dead body. So we haven't just jumped at opening it up yet. Why not open it up? Uh, what are you waiting for? Well, what happened when I started going in the wall is it started, like, remember the Raiders Last Ark yeah. when everything started falling apart? And filling, that, the whole wall filled up with rubble when I accessed no. it. So it's a much bigger undertaking. With Prohibition over, Nitty looks to expand his portfolio. In 1943, Frank Nitty is indicted for extorting Hollywood. A prison sentence would not be good for his claustrophobia. He purportedly commits suicide. With Nitty gone, his wife, Annette Caravetta, gets close to Fast Eddie O'Hare's children, including Butch O'Hare, the war hero. He's the Navy's first fighter ace. He shoots down five enemy bombers and becomes the first naval aviator to receive the Medal of Honor. 
Through power of attorney and other less legal methods, Annette gets a hold of Fast Eddie's racetracks and other assets. Annette definitely deceived them. In 1939, Frank and Annette cut a deal for her father to move their Italian distribution business into the building. It's called Caravetta Foods. This is Annette's niece, Grace Caravetta Tui. She really ran the family, was matriarch, and so I think she would have meetings with these individuals who owned the racetrack with her. And it was funny because uh, it was told that they used to, she used to bring my sister and myself it was kind of a shield because we were like her protection like so they wouldn't kill her how did you feel about that learning that for the first time as an adult i, I was pretty shocked and I, you know like i said i was kind of surprised that my mom and dad would even allow that but i guess it must be like the honor of the mob you don't does it change your assessment of the aunt who is so good to you yeah i know um <laughs> Yeah, and you know... Grace doesn't find out about the Frank Nitty connection until she's 18. When Nitty died, she found a million dollars in shoeboxes, coat pockets, <laughs> and so she was under investigation with the federal government, so she took this money and she didn't know what to do with it, but they ended up hiding it at my mom and dad's uh, attic for a year. <laughs> and so... After a year, she came back to get her money. Kind of typical, my aunt. And they were counting it, and she said, I thought there was more. Grace's family and Todd's family had never met until Grant DePorter brought them together through his research. Todd remembers coming here as a kid to his grandmother's food business. My dad would take me down here at night, and this is a big place, and I would get on the elevator, and I'd go up to the floors, and I'd run around in here, and. It doesn't get any cooler than that for a little kid, right? Up all the way. Ready? Yes. We take Todd on another tour, up the old elevator. I can't even believe this thing still works. Yeah. Back to the fourth floor to see Frank and Annette's apartment. For a little kid, this was like a museum, really. Four floors of stuff to look at, you know? This is exactly the way it was. This is the 1930s, right? Yes, it is. Tile and all. It's kind of amazing to think that my grandma and, and Frank lived up here. The descendants of Frank Nitty and his wife Annette Caravetta say the money never filters down to them. And until recently, the legacy didn't either. Now they try to make sense of this family backstory. I'm not ashamed at all about it, really. It's just part of my past now, as everyone else's, and it, it doesn't really bother me. I mean. It's there, I can't change it. You know, Chicago is such a mob town. Everybody knows about Capone. I don't think everybody knows about Nitty. Does it bother you to be associated with all that in a very distant way? I don't know, I've just grown up with it all my life. It doesn't really bother me. There's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> Annette Caravetta died in 1981. She was 80 years old. Thanks for listening to Backstory. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe to our podcast or leave a review. To watch our full coverage of this story and see some that didn't make it to the podcast, visit us online at wgntv.com backstory.
This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.